Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, and that's right, you're on Friends of the Earth. I'm Sam, and I have Kat Moore from Friends of the Earth's Economic Justice Collective in the studio with me this morning. Hey, Kat, welcome to Dirt Radio. Thank you. So we are talking TPP for the next half an hour, basically. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because that's what we've been doing for the last five years. <laughs> So for those people that don't know, uh, which, you know, uh, wasn't that long ago, there was a complete media blackout on the whole uh, agreement. The Trans-Pacific Partnership includes 12 nations, uh, which includes Australia. Interestingly, all the five eyes, which are in the whole sort of mass surveillance of the planet system for the NSA. And then a whole heap of uh, Pacific countries that rim around from Mexico to Peru to Vietnam, uh, Japan. So... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just remembered that the US has been spying on Japan. What a surprise. And leaking trade secrets to its Five Eyes partners. There's nothing wrong with this agreement. It's clearly about trade and sugar and dairy. Uh, So, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm um, a bit excited because uh, the the, the TPP was supposed to be finalised in Hawaii this week. And instead, it was a bit of a wipeout for Minister Rob, who didn't get his way. Um, and uh, he's sort of being lauded as walking away because he didn't get his way. But we all know that it's all smoke and mirrors and games. Uh, and there have been many, many communities and activists pushing back against the Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, for a very long time, including, of course, uh, the group that I'm in, WACA. We've been pushing back against it since 2011. Uh, and many others in Australia have now come on board to help with that. Uh, so, Kat, at, in Hawaii, they had this uh, fallout that seemed to be mainly over sugar and dairy. Uh, now, that makes it sound like the TPP is a free trade agreement. <laughs> Uh, Of course, we know there's nothing free about it and it's really not about trade. This is about corporate deregulation and pretty much the hijacking of all 12 partnering nations' domestic law and sovereignty. Uh, And this is mainly because of the ISDS, the Investor State Dispute Settlement Process, which enables corporations to sue government for future profitability if they enact legislation that uh, is not in the corporation's interest. So basically what we have is an agreement that's being negotiated and it seems that the only thing these guys that are negotiating this are arguing over is sugar and dairy uh, when in reality uh, this is a corporate tool that is going to be so much more damaging to every area of social justice and campaigning that we are engaged in. 
So you got involved in the Economic Justice Collective, which was really big at Faux back in the anti-globalisation pre the S11 police beating of half of Melbourne. Uh, remember that? <laughs> that was a fun day. Uh, they used battens back then, guys, instead of pepper spray. So um, the Economic Justice Collective, much like most of the left kind of, I don't, I don't know what happened, got sort of comatosed after 9-11 and the Iraq war and all those mass demonstrations that we had that failed. So um, they did a really good job and, and then, of course, they slammed everyone in Toronto and Seattle and, you know, it, it just sort of broke up the whole global anti, anti-globalisation movement, which was exactly about these kind of uh, integrations that are taking place. So the Economic Justice Collective came back late last year. Yes. And... Um, you know, our, our first outing was quite spectacular, really, wasn't it? <laughs> Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the food safety Nana Berry scandal? Well, we certainly made ourselves known. <laughs> we, um, you were a giant berry. Uh, we were both giant berries. All right, let's, let's not talk <laughs> let's, about my let's berry Let's not beat around the bush. We were both giant berries. It was very embarrassing. <laughs> it, was, it was very horrendous. <laughs> But it was to draw attention to the fact that food safety standards, of course, under agreements like the TPP, uh, have a great potential to be compromised in countries like Australia. Yeah, so that was that was specifically around the um, the HEPA in the berries that were coming from China and um, the labelling of those berries um, mm. and the ability of the public to make their own decisions about what food they buy, where it comes from, the safety standards around those. Mm, mm. And, uh, of course, the project thought we were out of work actors <laughs> doing street theatre when we were dying as hepe berries. But what it did do was I noticed over the course of that week it really did break the silence around the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So, you know, kudos to us for looking ridiculous in public to draw attention to a massive Trojan horse uh, around our democracy. Uh, after the Berry incident... <laughs> uh, Berrygate. <laughs> after Berrygate, yes, the Economic Justice Collective moved on to focusing around how it would build alliance and coalition uh, amongst other community groups and, of course, unions who are going to be severely impacted under the TPP in all sorts of ways, uh, not only workers' rights for people in Australia but also workers' rights for people in the partnering countries that are involved in this. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Economic Justice Collective did uh, in that relationship to to finally get the ACTU on board? Um, yeah, so we um, worked on planning a unions and community roundtable at the C- um, ACTU National Congress. Um, so we wrote a draft motion to propose and invited um, members of unions that were represented at the Congress and uh, members of community groups that were also affected in various ways by the TPP um, invited them all to come along, have a conversation. We had a panel of speakers and we put forward this motion um, pretty much calling on the – well, calling on the ACTU to call on the government to uh, release the text or withdraw Australia from negotiations and um, to disclude ISDS from any trade deals. Mm. Um, so that motion at the Unions and Communities Roundtable was passed um, 100%. Um, and the the ACTU then put forward a 
very similar motion um, that was passed also at their Congress. That's right. So the ACTU, uh, with great leadership from Jed Carney, who's taken mm. uh, an incredible interest in these uh, dodgy ISDS trade agreements that are, that are happening at the moment, uh, that went forward. So we went from being, you know, a, a small dedicated group of community groups working on this issue to suddenly having between the environment movement, uh, the social justice movement and the union movement, well over 3 million uh, supporters and members uh, around Australia calling on the government uh, to release the text. And this is a big problem and what people don't seem to understand about it, which is the secrecy. So we know 600 corporate insiders have access to the text anytime they want. They can go onto a secret government portal. Mm. I wonder if it's encrypted. Uh, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they can they can look at the text, and they've been helping draft components of it. So, uh, tell tell our listeners how we know about what's actually out there, because we've really only found out through leaks. Yeah. Yeah. So we only we only know a little bit, um, but there have been some leaks of a couple of chapters that have come out through WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've seen draft text for the environment chapter, the intellectual property chapter and the ISDS chapter. Yeah. And recently, I think it was late last week, there was WikiLeaks also released a a leak of email chain Mm. discussing what appears to be another chapter or a section of a chapter that we haven't seen yet. And that relates to state-owned services and enterprises. Uh, So we're talking about publicly owned uh, assets and service providers such as mm-hmm. Australia Post. The ABC. The ABC, yeah, exactly, public <laughs> broadcasters, uh, any sort of public service, uh, public hospitals, mm. you know, anything that attaches the word public that uh, assumes that taxpayers are not only paying for it but expect a level of service and benefit that mm. is for the entire community and, and, and society uh, seem to be up for grabs. And one of the components of that that really piqued my interest was uh, the continuation of uh, capitalist and corporate domination and privatisation in this. So uh, what what these leaked emails seem to suggest is that w- part of the TPP, part of the provisions within that, will be that uh, public public assets, public services need to be uh, profitable and privatised uh, for profit. So... So no longer public. Yeah, it's kind of like the public transport. (laughs) Yeah, but we pay for it over and over and over and over again. Uh, So this is really disturbing because this is basically uh, suggesting in this email trail that all of those public services are up for grabs and that they are somehow should be operating as for-profit corporatised entities. Mm. And, of course, that is really the erosion of the fundamental concepts of what Australia is is supposedly built on, which is understanding that we are a very fortunate country. We do have the capacity to be generous and share our resource for the most vulnerable in our society and that nobody should be without healthcare, education, access to medicine. Uh, this seems to be a continuation of, of what's been revealed in the TPP. And I wanted to um, just to ask you about, you know, recently we, we went to the ALP conference uh, and the reason we went there was to send a very strong united message both with unions and community mm. groups that 
we want the ALP to stand with unions and communities and the Greens and the crossbenchers uh, to help us stop the TPP, get the text released before anything goes any further. And and part of this is just the realisation that this seems to be a deal um, by corporations for corporations. That's it. Uh, what do you think the, the response was? How did you – what did you think about the ALP event that we did and the unions? Because I was really impressed at the way the unions were listening to the community groups that spoke. Yeah, I think that was that was um, a really interesting rally. We ended up combining two rallies. We had a rally about the TPP and a lot of the um, union groups were really concerned about Chafter um, and they gave us a call and said, hey, you know, let's play nicely together. Yeah. Um, so we got to hear their speakers on Chafter and they – really, really listened to the to community speakers that were talking about the TPP, which was lovely. And um, there were people, like you said, coming up afterwards and, you know, saying thank you and that was that was really interesting and how can I get involved? And it's really – it feels like it is really building those kind of bridges and the strong connections between the unions and community, which mm. is a natural alliance. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that uh, one of the union guys said to me from the ETU and, you know, they're very concerned about the provisions in the China-Australia chapter mm. agreement around ISDS and uh, lowering labour standards and qualifications, yeah. Yeah. which they see as not only bad for Australia in terms of standards, but also really, really bad for overseas workers that are being brought in here at reduced wages, reduced conditions. Absolutely. And With no rights, and pretty much. No rights and, and no yeah. training. And, and, then, no training, and then something so goes wrong. And there's no liability. Exactly. Yeah. Who's responsible? Who's accountable? Uh, why are we putting people from poorer countries in this situation and exploiting them as slave labour? That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and this is what the TPP offers to so many corporations, which you can see them already redirecting their focus, moving their workers to countries like Vietnam that are going to be part of the TPP, and those uh, workers that are producing goods for you know let's the the northern hemisphere mm. in inverted commas. Mm. Uh, they're going to be in a position where any time they try to renegotiate their rights or labour standards, uh, they're going to be stuck because they're going to get threatened to be dragged into ISDS mm. tribunals with corporations who are having their profitability uh, affected by, mm. gee, good working conditions, <laughs> living wages. You go figure. Uh, so you know this is this is a really interesting thing. And one of one of the things that one of the union guys said to me afterwards was that was really interesting to understand the connection between the TPP and how these trade deals are going to impact our our health, our water, mm. our environment, and our food. And there's no jobs on a dead planet, so we got to stick together. That's it. And that was so great to hear that coming from a union union person, you know, who's their primary fo focus, I guess, as unions is around working conditions and making sure people have jobs. Mm. Uh, but the understanding that if we keep going down this path, uh, there's going to be nothing left for any of us. And and this is the massive problem of the TPP is, you know, the, the, the disagreements over how much sugar we can – import into America are really the least of our concerns, would you say? They're fairly low down on the list of priorities, yeah. I mean, when you think about the, you know, the farmers who are, you know, concerned about the sugar will be so much more affected by some of the other components of ISDS that the sugar won't even be 
on the list yep. of their worries. Yeah. So Friends of the Earth recently, the Economic Justice Collective with the support of uh, Quick Hole have produced a report uh, around TPP and uh, how it's going to open the way for fracking the planet. Can you just talk us through those concerns? Because <clears throat> there seems to be a divide within the farmers movement. I know the National Farmers Federation seem to think the TPP is a positive thing if they can just get their quota of imports. Yeah. But then there are other farmers who are growing food for our community who are completely exposed and at the whim of not only big mining companies and coal seam gas and fracking companies, but essentially also companies like Monsanto mm, that want to absolutely. control production from seed to plate. Yeah. So what do you think um, this report is trying to explain to people? I know it's it's kind of a briefing paper for community organisers and farmers to share mm. amongst their communities and for politicians uh, to listen to the concerns of the environmental movement around fracking. Uh, why should farmers be concerned about the TPP? So, yeah, so the primary focus of the paper is around how the TPP will impact on um, companies' ability to frack um, and the, the legislation, the regulations around that. Um, and pretty much the it's explaining that, um, you know, with the ISDS clause, um, there is no – there is there is even less opportunity for farmers – um, or and the local community to have a say to um, to have any sort of control over what happens to their land um, you know companies can come in and say well you know if you if you put a moratorium on fracking if the government puts a moratorium on fracking or a ban on fracking if they actually deign to listen to public opinion um, those companies can come in and threaten to sue the Australian government for you know, potentially impacting their future profits. Mm. And it it absolutely bars any sort of um, community engagement because, I mean, you know, do you you want to be fracked or do you want to be sued? Yeah. That's the two options, really. If we – it's signing away all of our rights, it's signing away our sovereignty, um, any sort of control over the land. Um, And – and also, as you said, the um, you know the GM stuff with you know Monsanto coming mm. in, they you know there goes organic farming. Yep. There goes you know heirloom seeds. There goes any sort of yeah, but you know personal decision making by farmers mm. to you know do what they think is best for the community. Yep. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take a short break and have a community announcement. And then I want to come back and I want to talk about the kind of paradigm that the TPP is trying to lock us into, because it seems that there is, in my mind, an alignment between the Abbott governments and the mining lobby and industries push to keep us locked into a fossil fuel paradigm. Uh, And the TPP seems to sit very well, uh, not only in holding the fossil fuel space, but also in holding the hierarchical space around information and technology, etc. So we're just going to have a quick break and we'll be back here on Dirt Radio. I'm Sam and we're talking with Kat Moore, who is from Faux Melbourne's Economic Justice Collective. Politicians and mainstream media are fueling anti-Muslim hate. Attacks on Muslims are increasing and the fear is causing some women to restrict their movements. Worse, an anti-Muslim political party is launching in October. 
It's time for people who oppose bigotry to organise. Stand up and speak out against Islamophobia. Sign the statement at www.voicesagainstbigotry.org and ask others to do the same. Don't be a bystander. Voices Against Bigotry is a 3CR supporter. At 17 seconds after 8.15, on the clear, bright morning of August 6, 1945, an atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, Japan. August 6 and 9 mark 70 years since the U.S. atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which claimed more than 200,000 lives. Join the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons, ICANN, for Australia's first ever screening of the extraordinary 1953 film Hiroshima. Thursday, August 6 at 6.30, Collide Theatre, Melbourne. Bookings at icanw.org.au. Proceeds support ICANN's work to ban and eliminate the 15,000 nuclear weapons that exist in the world today. ICANN is a 3CR supporter. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. That's right, you're on 3CR's Dirt Radio. And don't forget, if you want to uh, support... 3CR, please give them a call, donate your time or make a donation. And the same goes for Friends of the Earth. We've been working for 40 years uh, to protect the natural environment and for social justice. So jump on our website at melbourne.fo.org.au and uh, volunteer your time. Or if you can't do that and you're financially able, please make a donation to the Economic Justice Collective or any other work of FOE uh, to help keep us strong and fierce for another 40 years. We're talking with Kat Moore from FOE Melbourne's Economic Justice Collective. They've been focused on trying to get the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, released. And if it can't be released for public scrutiny and independent legal review, they, along with over 2 million union members, are calling on Minister Rob and the Australian government to walk away, withdraw Australia from the talks and commit to banning ISDS. Uh, I also believe that you're looking for long-term change in terms of changing the way we actually make these agreements so that we can uh, dispense with this lack of transparency. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be nice <laughs> <laughs> generally to, um, you know, to have the, the community and the parliamentarians, our representatives supposedly, um, able to read these agreements, access them, um, analyse them, debate them mm. and actually... Vote on vote, them. Vote, vote, wow. on, vote on them? No. Vote. Oh, that's a bit much. <laughs> Let's yeah. leave that to Tony yeah. Abbott. Yeah. Captain's call. Captain's call. Yeah, yeah. Captain's call, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, look, w- you know, we don't have a lot of time left, but one of the things that I really wanted to just briefly explore with you because I think it's a really important component about why people should be concerned about... Uh, these kind of regional corporate deals. Uh, and that is that, you know, there's a war going on at the moment. We live in a state of permanent warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest user of fossil fuels on the planet is the US Empire's military machinery and its allies. Well done, us. Slow clap. <laughs> uh, not only is it destructive, 
contributing to, you know, mass civilian deaths, uh, climate change, climate refugees, displaced people, uh, but it's also fueling uh, the coal industry and the mining industry. Uh, we've had uh, the IMF come out and say they won't fund any green coal in uh, India. There seems to be a general understanding by the global community. The game is on. We need to move away from fossil fuels as quickly as possible. Uh, and that's just to mitigate the worst of uh, climate change impacts. Obviously, it's already in play. We're not going to stop it now. Uh, but we're talking about mitigation. Uh, and then you get these uh, economic warfares taking place. And I see this as the corporate state versus uh, the community. Uh, and it seems that the corporate state's agenda is to lock us into not only a fossil fuel paradigm, but a Cold War mentality about how we work together, how capitalism works within our systems. Uh, and I'm just curious to just explore with you, do you, do you see these agreements, the TPP, which also has a... Um, bastard sibling in uh, Europe, the TTIP or TTIP, as it's commonly fondly called, known. <laughs> fondly known by European campaigners, uh, combining that with financial deregulation around the TISA agreement. So you've got these three agreements that work together. They lock in together like a puzzle. And basically what they then enable is for corporations to determine the future pathway of our cultures and our societies. This is kind of social engineering on a grand scale. Uh, and it seems to be that the Australian government is really keen to be involved in it because many of its big backers and many of, many of the corporate insiders involved are the same people that are making money not only out of mining our country but also creating weapons of war. Am I taking this a stretch too far or do you see this as, as something that it seems to really be locking in two different paradigms? No, I, I don't think you're taking it too far at all. I think that's um, something that we really have to recognise that, you know, the way the way that our governmental system is working now is that, you know, the people who are voted into power are there because they want the power and the way that they maintain that power is not to please the voters and to appeal to the voters. It's to appeal to those corporations that are funding them. Mm. Um, and the corporations will fund anyone who will allow them to do what they want to do to keep making their money. And it's this, you know, beautiful symbiotic relationship that they've got <laughs> going on that doesn't really involve us and it doesn't seem to need to involve us. And, yeah. and you know, we seem to be very happy to just kind of sit back and go, oh, well, we've got representative democracy. That's fine. We voted these people in and, and you know, then, you know, we kind of, you know, whipping ourselves going, it's our fault, it's our fault, it's our fault. We voted them in and we have to we have to be okay with whatever they do because we voted for them. Mm. And that's, you know, that feels really unhealthy to me that we don't feel that we can actually question those decisions that mm. are made on our behalf. Mm. It also seems really unhealthy that, you know, once once they're empowered by the community and the voters, they then seem to think that they're working directly for the corporate lobbyists. Well, yeah, that's it. You, you've, you've voted for us to then go and do whatever we want. For corporations. For, for corporations. Yeah. Well, yeah, which is for corporations. Which is the whole yeah. neoliberal, you know, concept of, of how, how we have to have infinite growth and we know that is at odds at where we are on the oh, planet absolutely. right now. So yeah. it seems to me that the TPP is just 
dastardly for everybody that's involved in environmental or social justice. Uh, and further, it's really, really bad for our democracy and really points to the need for systemic change. It really does. Yeah. So the question is, how do people now help? Because we're at a really crucial p- point in the campaign pushing back against the TPP. What do you think people should be doing today, right away, to really help just push it over the edge and completely wipe out this concept of, you know, backroom deals with corporations. I mean I think one of the one of the primary things we need to do is just really push on to all of our representatives that y- you don't represent me and I disagree with this and if you do this I you know I am not voting for you again you will not maintain this power I don't care how much money you put into your campaign that mm. the you know Monsanto or whoever else <laughs> gives you to put into your campaign. I will not vote for you again and that you will not continue this. So, you know, call call your local rep, call your MP, call, you know, if everyone at the end of this show called Andrew Robb, yep. he would flip out. Yep. He would absolutely flip out. Yeah. And maybe when he gets back from Hawaii, is he back yet? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe mm. he's taking a little vacation. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. We should all go and meet him at the airport. <laughs> yeah. That would be wonderful. But uh, we're nearly out of time. So the message is... When you stop listening to this show, get on the phone, Mm. call your local federal MP and then give Minister Rob a call or send him an email. Or, of course, people can go to melbourne.fo.org.au. Yep. Follow the Economic Justice link. Jump onto the campaigns in Economic Justice and we've got a petition on there. That you can send directly to Minister Rob. Minister Rob. Yep. You can write him a long email in in there. Yeah. (laughs) And And get involved in your local community talking about this because it will impact everything from local, state to federal. Absolutely. Tell, you know, tell your friends and explain it. Explain it in a way that they understand how this will impact them directly. Yeah. You know, whatever they're concerned about, the TPP will screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's a cheery note to end the show on. Thank you, Cat Moore, for making my day. I'm going to just go, you know, cry in the corner. Aww. No, and then I'm going to get up and fight the ugly beasts. Uh, you've been listening to Dirt Radio. We are out of time. I want to thank Kat for coming in. Thanks, Thanks Kat. Thanks for having me. Uh, and talking TPP, uh, it's the dirtiest deal you've probably never heard of. Uh, get on it. We've only got a short window of time to really put the final nail in the coffin of this ugly corporate deal. It's not in Australia's interest and it's certainly not in the environment's interest. Uh, so thank you for talking to us and congratulations on all the work the Economic Justice Collective's been doing, especially the report that you put out recently. It's um, it's a really useful resource and people can also find that on the Economic, on the Justice. Economic Justice page on the FOE website. Yeah. Great.